Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today. up how are you doing i'm good i'm actually in a very comfortable chair good now that i'm not we're not using uh well I, we're remote so i'm not using the kitchen chair yeah i'm actually we, using an office chair we are yet again recording the podcast from different parts of the country yes how are you doing over there in michigan uh, i'm good uh, i'm currently recording from uh the governor's mansion oh uh, yes your parents closet that's good yeah <laughs> Good. It's very nice. Well, I am very excited to talk about today's story because I had a lot of fun researching it. I knew about the story beforehand, but I honestly totally forgot about it for like a long time until I recently saw it again. And I was like, oh my God, we have to talk about it. So I'm excited for you to hear it. And I really hope that you don't know the story because I feel like it's a it's a bumpy ride. Okay. So, do you want to jump in? Because I've been hyping up. I'm I'm ready. Yeah, I want to know what it is. Good. Uh, we, I've been told that there's some gaslighting. <laughs> there is some gaslighting. So, uh, what's going on? Some gaslighting, some gatekeeping, and some girl bossing, <laughs> in the worst way possible. Okay, so we are going to be talking about Mike and Dahlia DiPolito. Do those names mean anything to you? No. Are they Italian? <laughs> um. Maybe That's the only probably thing it means to me. <laughs> okay, sure. Is this like John Bene Ramsey? You're like, have you been living under a rock? Like type of fame or like notoriety? No, I don't no know. definitely like, not. Well knownness. Definitely not. Those are the wrong words, but yes, do you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Definitely <laughs> not like that. I was just wondering if you knew the story because it was quite a big story at the time that it happened. But anyway, let's just let's talk about it. I'm going to give you my sources at the end because it kind of gives away the nuttiness sure. of it all. Yeah, change it up exactly. So we are going to take it to just before 6 a.m. in Boynton Beach, Florida. It's humid, it's already 80 degrees, and most people are still asleep. But 26-year-old Dahlia DiPolito is getting an early start. It was August 5th, 2009, and Dahlia and Mike DiPolito were newlyweds and had just passed their first six months of marriage. Love is in the air, right? Yes. She's getting up and getting after it. Exactly. Is this, this is the girl boss part of the episode. Yeah. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. That morning, Dahlia got out of bed and told Mike that she was going to the gym and she'd bring him Starbucks on her way home. Typically, they would go to the gym together, but that morning, Mike was staying in bed because he had just had liposuction done and he was recovering from that. So at around 6.20 a.m. in the middle of her workout, Dahlia had missed a phone call from the Boynton Beach Police Department and got this message on her phone. It said, this is Sergeant Frank Ramsey, Boynton Beach Police Department Detective Division. I need you to call me as soon as you can, ma'am. Okay. So a few seconds after missing this call and listening to the message, Dahlia calls the number back and she gets on the phone with Sergeant Frank Ramsey and he asks her to please come back to her residence. There's been an incident involving her husband, Mike. In 20 minutes? (laughs) Yep. Wow. He says that he'll tell her everything she needs to know once she gets there. 
When Dahlia pulls up, the street around her condo was swarmed with police and there was yellow caution tape everywhere. The TV show Cops was also at the scene and there were cameras everywhere as well. And she rushed over to Frank Ramsey and he tells her that there had been a reported disturbance at her house and there were shots fired. And then he tells her that her husband, Michael, has been killed. Oh my God. And I'm going to play this interaction for you because like i said it was recorded on the tv show cops okay oh they why are they recording this you're recording this woman getting news that her husband is dead and then we're gonna go sell it for entertainment it just seems really gross sure hold that thought like should this not be a private moment (laughs) a little decency i don't know sure we're going to play this clip now and then we're going to talk about it and we'll probably play it again later we'll see but um i just wanted to play it so you can get the whole the whole scope of the incident that's unfolding in front okay. of in front of us. I'm Sergeant Ramsey. I'm, I'm the one that called you. Thank you for coming. I'm sorry to call you. Listen, we had a report of a disturbance at your house, and there were shots fired. Is your husband Michael? Okay, I'm sorry to tell you, ma'am. He's been killed. No, 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 he's, no. he's been killed, ma'am. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Try to calm down. No. Listen, right now, what no. we, we need to get you to the station. No. We need to get you to the no. police station. I, I can't let you stand, man. We have to do our job. If you want us to find this killer, okay? We need you to calm down. I'm gonna need you to go with these detectives, okay? Does he have enemies? Is there anyone that would want to hurt him? Okay, who would want to hurt him? Witnesses said they saw a black male running from me. I can't let you see him, ma'am. Ma'am, I cannot do this right now. So, pretty upsetting Dallas? to hear in the beginning. No? Yeah, and then, like, does it just have a camera in her face? Yes. However, things are not always as they seem. Yeah, I don't know. This seems weird. I don't know. I'm not a cop, but this does seem... Like, the questions that he asked after seem strange. I understand your reaction and your frustration to this scene that you've now listened to, because at first glance, it sounds disturbing. And I would be upset and annoyed if this was, you know, real. Uh, her reaction's genuine, right? Right. Let's uh, just... Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> hold that thought. However you felt about this, let's hold that in and let's save it for judgment at the end. Okay? Fair enough? Okay. Okay. Sure. I mean, you may be thinking, what the hell is this story doing on a Survivor podcast in the first place? We're going to start by going back and learning a little background on these two. Dahlia DiPolito was born Dahlia Muhammad in New York on October 18th, 1982. She was the oldest of three children. Her brother's name was Amir and her sister is Samira. And for those of you who know anything about astrology or care, she is also a Libra. Okay. There isn't much information out there about her parents, but her father was an insurance agent and her mother, Rhonda Muhammad, was a waitress. And when she was 13 years old, her family moved to Boynton Beach, Florida, where she pretty much grew up. And it's located in Palm Beach County, which is like a middle class blue collar community. It's it's pretty nice. Her parents split when she was 17 years old after her father had cheated on her mother and left her mother to raise Dahlia and her siblings on her own in Boynton Beach. She went to Catholic school and had a traditional upbringing, and then she went on to become a real estate agent. But according to sources, Dahlia preferred a quote-unquote quick buck, which led her into sex work. Some would call Dahlia a gold digger, and if she could see that there was fast money to be made off of someone, she was going to go after it. So, 
Enter Mike DiPolito. Mike DiPolito first met Dahlia when she was working as an escort for a website called Eros.com, and he had ordered an escort to keep him company for the weekend, and that's how he met his future wife. Like Dahlia, Mike wanted more of a lavish lifestyle and had a taste for the finer things in life. He was a muscular guy, he was charming, and Dahlia said she was first drawn to him because of his personality. He's a likable guy. He's not afraid to be vulnerable. And someone in the 2020 episode that I watched that I'll talk about later described him as the kind of guy you'd, quote, see at the gym, maybe not too bright, but working hard and trying to have a fun life. (laughs) They had to slide that in there. They really kept roasting the shit out of both of them. And I was living for it. Like, it was really funny. (laughs) But um, they didn't roast Mike so much as they roasted Dahlia, but... It's, it was just very funny. Mike described his first impression of Dahlia as she was sweet, she seemed naive, and that weekend the two had first met, they did outdoor activities together, like they got bikes and rode around, and they went on a hike, and they stayed in and watched movies, and they both loved Starbucks, and they were big coffee drinkers. Overall, it was a fun weekend. Then they got married on Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. Like, no. Well, not, not. You're joking. Not, no, not entirely. But they got married very quickly. But Mike had a tough upbringing and he was really yearning for someone to love him and to feel safe and taken care of. He had a void that needed to be filled and Dahlia made him feel something he'd never felt before. But the problem Mike was facing at the time was he was married. Oh, you'd the think. Detail. Right. So you'd think he did feel loved and taken care of, but I guess not. So the two started a very hot and heavy affair. According to Dahlia, she believed that Mike was already going through the divorce proceedings and he had actually sent her the papers as proof. Not only did Mike have a wife, but he also had a troubled past. And long before he had met Dahlia, he had gone to prison for running a boiler room stock operation. He would basically oh, what? He would basically con old people out of their money. He would call them up and try to sell them these penny stocks and convince them that they were going to be worth a ton of money, but they were just scams. Upstanding guy. Yeah, it's called a boiler room operation because there is a movie called Boiler Room where the character in this movie also cold calls people and tries to get them to invest in foreign currency and rips them off. So it's essentially like the same kind of operation. Point being, Mike, along the way, had made a few enemies, and he had pled guilty to organized scheme to defraud, unlicensed telemarketing, and grand theft, and he had served a total of two years in Florida State Prison, followed by a 28 years of probation that he was currently serving at that time. So only six months into this whirlwind affair with Dahlia, Mike and Dahlia get married. And this was very spontaneous. They went down to the county courthouse and got married pretty much that day. And this was, of course, a shock to Dahlia's mother, because I don't think she particularly liked Mike. And she also, I'm sure, wanted to be involved in her daughter's wedding, but there wasn't, you know, any wedding to be a a part of. And they just kind of got married and didn't tell anyone. Yeah, I don't think I'd be too happy if I was her. No. But wait, Mike is still married? No, so they went through with the divorce, and then okay. six months later, after meeting Dahlia, they got married. Okay, yeah, and I was like, imagine they go to the courthouse, and they're like, oh yeah, you can't do this. <laughs> You're still um, married. You can only have one at a time, actually. 
you know. <laughs> We're not in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> and from the outside, their relationship seemed perfect. In pictures, the two looked like a very happy couple. But things, like I said, are not always as they seem. Now, let's flash forward to Dahlia with the police. She says she wants to see her husband, and she's completely distraught. But the police say, no, you can't do that. And they put her into the police car, and she's whisked away to the station for questioning. Now, this was about 7 a.m. She gets into the interrogation room, and once she steps into the room, they read her her rights because of protocol, and they turn the camera on to record her, but she tells them she doesn't want to be videotaped, but they're like, too bad? Like, we make mm. we make the rules here? But at this point, they're still treating her like a grieving widow because they want to get as much out of her as possible. The first thing they asked Dahlia was, is there anybody who would have wanted to kill Mike? And Dahlia wasted no time in giving them a story. She immediately told the officers interviewing her that Mike was on probation for stock fraud. She also told them that he'd been trying to get off of probation, but people weren't happy about that because he owed a lot of money to a lot of people. And by a lot of money, I mean close to $200,000 in restitution to several victims. And the entire time he's been out of prison and on probation, it's been, quote-unquote, nothing but problems. She said they're constantly running into guys that he knew from prison, and they're a part of organized crime, meaning these guys that he's running into. So the detective is like, do you know any of the names of these men who are a part of this organized crime? And she gave very vague answers, but she did give a possible name. She said somebody named Pasquale might know something. Then she started bringing up every negative thing about her husband's life. Oh my god. She started spilling more information like Mike is a recovering alcoholic and he also struggled with drugs and his drug of choice was crack and it's very important for him to stay on a schedule and get up every morning and go to Starbucks and go to the gym. That way he stays sober. Okay. So she's painting this very elaborate picture, you know? about her husband and who the, who's in his life and a bunch of different people who could have potentially been responsible for killing him. I mean, now that I know that something's afoot, I'm like, oh, she's going to say that he's a crack addict? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, he just died and you're like, yeah, he was a piece of shit, really. Like, <laughs> the only thing separating him and, like, a complete bender was Jim and Starbucks. <laughs> was Starbucks. <laughs> Once the police leave the room, Dahlia knew she was still being recorded and she puts her head down in her arms on the table and starts crying. But it doesn't sound like real crying. It's kind of forced and it's just like, "Ah, ah," like just (laughs) not real. Yeah. So a few moments later, the officer comes back into the room and asks her one more question. He wanted to know if they were experiencing any financial issues or any issues in their relationship at all. And she told him, no, everything was fine and there was no drama. And at this point, while Dahlia was sitting in the interrogation room, the investigators still didn't know much about her, but they would come to learn that Dahlia was really good at getting what she wanted. Dahlia used men and her sexuality to get what she wanted. And she had done this for a long time, and this did not exclude Mike DiPolito. She wanted Mike's house and his money. And Mike actually wasn't the only man in the picture. Okay. Muhammad Shihadi was also wrapped around Dahlia's little finger, and she was using him as well. 
Muhammad was a 32-year-old Jordanian national, and he was an actor who enjoyed playing poker and gambling in Vegas. And according to Dahlia, she met Muhammad in a convenience store that he owned. And since they both came from Middle Eastern backgrounds, they bonded over their culture. And they stayed friends for 15 years after their initial meeting. But in reality, they had a flirtationship that turned into a sexual relationship. And when Dahlia wanted something from Muhammad, she would just rekindle this old flame. Okay, so she's just playing him for 15 years. Yeah, she's been playing a lot of people for many years. So in July of 2009, when Dahlia was married to Mike, she had reached out to Muhammad once again, as she had done many times before this. And she started a narrative with him about Mike that she was physically abused and needed to get out of the marriage. She told Muhammad that her husband was both emotionally abusive and physically abusive, so much so that a regular divorce wasn't going to cut it, meaning she needs more of a permanent solution. And she confides in Muhammad that she wants Mike DiPolito killed and asks if he knows of anyone who could do it. Okay, so we're into hitmen now. We are into hitmen now. <laughs> if you can prove physical abuse, he'll go to jail. Then you won't have to kill him. Yes, however, she did try to get Mike put away in prison a couple of times before this. So I think this was her, like, plan C kind of thing. Okay. So let's get into it. So July 31st, 2009, which was five days before Mike's murder, she and Muhammad meet at a gas station in Boynton Beach, and Dahlia tells him that she is desperate and needs to have Mike killed. But this scares Muhammad because he's worried that if Dahlia has Mike killed, it could somehow get back to him, and he didn't want that to happen. And he also didn't want Mike to just be murdered, you know? He's like, I don't want this guy to just be killed. There you go. There's your conscience speaking. Exactly. So after they had met at this gas station, Muhammad called the police and told them that he had a friend who wanted to kill her husband. So the next day he went into the police station to meet with detectives and told them that a woman that he had a sexual relationship in the past wants to have her husband murdered. She told him that Mike's the sweetest nerd, but she can't stand him. And then the police are like, okay, who is she and where does she live? And then Muhammad says, I don't know her last name or where she lives, but he gives the police her description. He didn't even know her last name. I guess he didn't know her married name. I'm sure he knew. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, he probably didn't know her like new name, you know? Okay. New name. Who this? Exactly. So now the cops know that they need Muhammad to do something pretty risky, and they ask him if he would be willing to wear a wire and meet again with Dahlia to have her outline her plan to get Mike killed. So now Muhammad turned into a confidential informant. Oh, he's ratting on her. Yeah. I'm kind of here for it, though. Absolutely. You know? Yes, 100%. And so they had Muhammad call Dahlia and set up another meeting at the mobile gas station that they had met at before as to not raise any red flags. But this time he's wearing a wire and they had a camera set up in the back seat. This is so wild. He's like doing improv for the cops. I know. You know? <laughs> he is. Like, he really is. I guess is. he is an actor, right? Yes, actor he first. Training. He's been training for this his whole life. <laughs> exactly. To put Dahlia away. Yes, his big time to shine. As soon as Dahlia gets into the car, she starts spilling the beans immediately. No hesitation, no small talk. She tells him that she can't file for divorce because Mike would come after her and this isn't about the fucking money, in her words. 
and Muhammad says that he can introduce her to a hitman who can just get the job done. And she was so nonchalant when she was talking about it. She was just like, how do I know what day he's going to do it? And she was talking about how she's not going to go out of town because she doesn't want to raise any red flags. And she says in the conversation how no one would ever believe that she'd be capable of murder. And she also had $1,200 in cash on her that she thought she was giving to Muhammad for the hitman to go buy a gun. So she had this okay. she had this 1200 on her that she gave to him for the hitman. She also had two pictures of Mike and one of their house, and she even instructed him to wipe her fingerprints off of the photos. And this is all caught on tape. Wow. And this is before what we just heard. Yes. <laughs> and that's not even uh, it. You know what? I'm just like, how did she get there? <laughs> like, <laughs> how, how did, did she, she get, get out there? of this one? <laughs> Record skips. <laughs> we are in for a bumpy ride. Everyone buckle in. Okay. Okay. Let's get back into it. So Muhammad and Dahlia also had phone conversations that were recorded where they discussed when the hitman would contact Dahlia to set up a meeting. In another call, Dahlia told Muhammad that there was a chance the hitman could steal some money from Mike. And she said on the following Wednesday morning, Mike was planning on going to the bank to pull out $10,000 in cash that she told Muhammad the hitman could keep. And the next call she received was from the hitman. And still, this is all recorded. And he told her that he was coming from Miami and he would contact her soon, but she needed to have $3,000 in cash for their first meeting and a key to her house. And the next step, and definitely the most damning evidence of all, was the recording of when Dahlia met with this hitman. But what she didn't know was that this hitman was Witty Jean, who was an undercover Boynton Beach police officer on this case. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Witty Jean is uh, acting as well. Yeah. Like, how do you, like, do you need to, like, go through kind of a course to know how to impersonate a hitman? (laughs) How are you supposed to act? That'd be pretty fun. (laughs) Like, to learn how to impersonate a hitman. But you know what I mean? Like, there has to be something, right? I mean, I don't know if there's training for undercover police, but that'd be pretty cool if there was. But so they agreed on meeting in a CVS parking lot in Boynton, and there were two cameras in the car. Dahlia shows up and she gets into his car and she's wearing this cute little sundress and is almost flirtatious with him because, again, she like uses her sexuality to like get what she wants. And the officers were honestly shocked with how easily she started talking about getting her husband killed. She gave him almost a sense of urgency. And he told her, look, this is going to take more than $1,200. And that's when she told him that on Wednesday morning, Mike was going to be going to the bank to withdraw the $10,000. So if he does it on Wednesday, he can keep that money. And she lays out his entire day and the best place for this hitman to murder Mike. And she talks in depth about all of this. He then, (laughs) yeah, like there's no, no question about if she wants it to happen or not. She's like very much laying it all out. This defense lawyer is going to have quite the time. (laughs) Just you wait. (laughs) Your honor, she had no idea. Just you wait. (laughs) He, so then this hitman tells her, when I leave, there's no turning back. So are you sure you want this to happen? Because he says, after you leave here today, there's no way for you to reach me. You can't reach out and contact me. So once I leave, you can't cancel getting your husband killed. 
So are you super sure that you want him killed? Like kind of, are you going to subscribe? Yeah. Like kind of giving her like an opportunity to like critically think here and be like, "Mm, maybe this isn't the best option. I don't know. Even if she did, like it's a little late, isn't it? Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, imagine if she said no. Well, she's definitely still in trouble if she backs out now, but less trouble. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he's giving her one last chance. He's like, "Mm, think about this for one more second. And that's when Dahlia says the phrase that went around the world. She said, quote, I'm positive, like 5,000% sure. Like, no, I'm determined already. Okay, well. She also said she may look like an innocent little girl, but she's not. And she's a lot tougher than she looks. You're doing none of the work. <laughs> I mean, I guess she planned it all out, but like, yeah, I don't know why. Why is that a quality you need to bring up now? You're hiring somebody to do like literally kill your husband. I don't know. I, I guess she was like, I'm not scared. I want you yeah, to kill him. But I could get my <laughs> I could get my hands dirty if I need to. <laughs> right. So Witty Jean told her, OK, Wednesday morning, get up, go to the gym. And by the time you get back, there will be a dead body in your house. So the morning of the hit comes, and Dahlia leaves for the gym, as she was instructed. Meanwhile, the Boynton police is setting up an elaborate trap. They knock on the door, and when Mike answers it, they tell him that his wife is trying to have someone murder him, and he needs to come with them. So... Mike is like, what? Like, there's and there's there's video of him, you know, of him answering the door and hearing this news, and he kind of stammers back and like falls on the stairs, and he's in complete shock. I mean, you can see it on his face. Yeah, I mean, what? How do you react to that information? No, of course, Mike. It's like six in the morning. Yeah, he's, he hasn't even had coffee yet. Right, exactly. He's like, yeah, your wife wants you to die, dude. Right. Sorry. Mike is then taken to the station where he's told everything and is shown all of the tapes and the recordings of Dahlia plotting his murder. This was, at first, a complete shock for him, because he was head over heels for Dahlia. And from his perspective, they had a great relationship. They didn't really fight, and they had what he said was incredible sex, so he wasn't complaining. Meanwhile, the entire time, she's plotting his murder behind his back, and he said the abuse accusation Dahlia made against him was completely fabricated. Which, honestly, at this point, I believe, you know? I'm not I'm not really believing Dahlia yeah, DiPolito you know, anytime soon. She's She hasn't been exactly a trustworthy source of information yet. No, definitely not. But the more Mike was thinking about it, he starts to put the pieces together that Dahlia had been showing real red flags for a while. And that's a bit of an understatement, but let's talk about it. So Is this <laughs> is this the part where we realize like not too bright? <laughs> well, I'll let you be the judge of that. Mike still owed $191,000 in restitution, and he was on probation for decades. But if he could make that restitution, he could make an argument to get off of probation. And Mike said that Dahlia told him she would help him with that money. And she said that if he could come up with $100,000, she would take $91,000 of her own money. And then they could combine that and send it off to Mike's lawyer, who could then make a case to get Mike off of probation. Okay. So but it, like, to be clear, they're married, so it's all their money. Yes, technically, I guess. But she's saying, like, if you can get the big you know, 100000 I can give you some of my savings, and then we can get you off of probation. So, in theory, sounds very generous and very nice. 
And it was her responsibility to send off that money to the lawyer. And Mike thinks that she's doing that. But in reality, she was doing anything but helping. Their money went to a hitman. I mean, kinda. And <laughs> so Mike starts to notice that odd things are beginning to happen. And now he starts having regular run-ins with the police. And he said he that never happened before Dahlia was in his life. On two occasions, drugs were planted in his vehicle because someone, meaning Dahlia, was trying to frame him for crimes he didn't commit and get him thrown back in the slammer. Because, you know, he's on probation. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> yes. He's on probation. So if he gets caught with drugs in his car, he's going straight back to the big house, baby. The, oh, the dog house. You have mul- <laughs> Not the big house. You had multiple words ready? Go blue. <laughs> I'm sorry. All, all the Midwestern people will know what that means. But anyway. Okay. So this was plan A and B. Yes. That's what I'm saying. This hitman situation was kind of plan C. And we haven't even gotten really plan B yet. We're going to get into it. There's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> Okay. So, on one of those occasions, Mike had decided to take Dahlia away to the Ritz-Carlton for the weekend. And while they were staying at this hotel, Mike was stopped by a police officer because he had received an anonymous call telling them that he had been selling drugs out of his truck. So, the police officer asked Mike if he could search his truck. And he told them, absolutely, you can search my truck because he has nothing to hide. And so the officer did, and he didn't find anything, and Mike was let go. But then the next day, as Mike was putting gas into his truck, he found a bag of pills that the officer must have missed. And this was like cocaine. And these these weren't... (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Freaking nice. Um, (laughs) He he does a bump right then and there. (laughs) No. These were not his pills. Like I said, they were planted, but it was luck, sheer luck, that the officer did not find them before he did. What, was it like in the gas cap? I don't know if it was in the gas cap, but he he just saw them in his car as he was filling it up with gas. Wow, yeah, he got lucky. Yeah. But you said it was pills? Yeah, I think it was like you could just crush it up and then it turns into, I, I don't know a lot about drugs. I don't drugs. think that's how cocaine works. Well, I don't know a lot about drugs. It was a baggie of pills, and then they also said it was cocaine. So, here we are. Okay, well. <laughs> Can you tell how many drugs I do? The answer is I do all of the none. drugs. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so that's when Mike knew that someone had planted drugs in his car and called the police on him. Because, you know, it's not a coincidence that the police were like, hey, let's right. search your car for drugs. And he did ask Dahlia if she put drugs in his car, but of course she denied it. She's not going to be like, yeah, I want you to go back to prison, you know? It's a tough sell, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she wanted him out of the picture, and she figured if she got him arrested for drugs while he was on probation, he'd go back to prison for a very long time. Because at this point, she had straight up stolen his $100,000 from him. And he knew. He had a hundred grand. Well, that's from the the beginning plan was for him to come up with a hundred grand. She would come up with the 91,000. They would put it together and get him off probation. It was her job to send it, but she didn't. And he knew that she had stolen his money at this point, but she told him that she would do everything in her power to get it back. And he was so wrapped up in this relationship that he just stayed. And I guess he chose to believe her. Each week, I speak to inspirational people. Each one of them has been on their own remarkable journey. 
They've all chosen to share their stories with one aim, that if people can relate and get comfort from it, if it can help someone. As one of my guests said, there's so much going on in the world. We should be focusing on helping one another and making each other better. Each one is a superhero, not because they have special powers, it's because in spite of what they've gone through, they keep on going. I find them remarkable. Please listen to Chatterholic and hear their stories. Wow, she really gaslit him, didn't she? Yeah. That's like kind of, you know, this is horrible, but that's impressive. Like, how do you how do you spin that to I, get him to stay? I don't understand. I don't know. But when her plan to get him arrested and sent back to prison didn't work, that's when she upped the ante and started planning to get him killed. So Mike is now sitting in this police station. He's now learned that his wife put a hit out on him and he needs to decide if he wants to press charges against her. And it wasn't a very difficult decision at all. He said, yes, he wants the police to arrest her. I was like, please, Mike, come to your senses. He said, this is a quote from Mike. It said, it wasn't like kill him softly and don't hurt him. It was like blow the guy's brains out. And can I get a cheese sandwich with that? It was kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. Show me the lie. You right. Know? I don't know if you can kill someone softly. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, she didn't give a shit how the yeah. hitman did it, is what he's, his point was. Correct. So they set up the fake crime scene with the yellow caution tape and all. They had an officer call Dahlia, and they also had the show Cops there to document the entire process. So that's why Cops was there. So in the beginning, when you're oh, like, okay. why was Cops there? You're so, like, worked up about this, and I'm sitting here, like, trying well, not I'm to laugh. Th- I'm, here, so I'm sitting here thinking it's real. No, I know. that, but If I was, it was actually real, like, that would be so fucked up. No, I know, but I was sitting here like, oh, brother, if only you knew. <laughs> <laughs> but so at 620... Okay, uh, to be clear now, I'm on boy with the cops. Good. Filming this. <laughs> we are yes. anti-Dahlia is what we're getting at. Correct. And at 621, Dahlia calls the sergeant back. And when she says, hi, you left a message on my phone. He says, is this Miss Dipilati? Intentionally pronounced her name wrong, I guess, to further throw her off their scent. <laughs> but oh, yeah. when she pulls up... She has no idea what she's walking into, this, like, elaborate setup. And she thinks she's pulling an elaborate setup. So she sees her condo completely surrounded by cars and the street blocked off and yellow caution tape and the front door to her townhouse is wide open with black fingerprint dust all over it. And when she walks up to the police sergeant, he asks if her husband is Michael, and then he tells her that he's been killed. And before he can even get the words out of his mouth that he's been killed, she begins her wailing. I didn't notice that. Do you want to hear it again? I think I was too focused on uh, cops filming a grieving woman. <laughs> I'll play a short bit so we can hear the extent okay. of the fakeness now, okay? Let's uh, let's have the replay. Listen, we had a report of a disturbance at your house, and there were shots fired. Is your husband Michael? Okay, I'm sorry to tell you, ma'am. He's been killed. He's been killed, ma'am. I'm sorry. She started crying when he said killed. Yeah, he's been killed. (laughs) 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 So she thinks she is acting her face off. She is giving the performance of her life. Meanwhile, the police are like, we're giving the performance of our lives. Like, everyone... Everyone is performing their part so well. 
everyone is bamboozling everyone. It's mm-hmm. incredible. So now fast forward back to the interrogation room. The police know they have enough to charge Dahlia, but they still want to see if they can get more out of her and make her crack. And the officer tells Dahlia that Mike had been shot in the head after he had answered the door for the intruder. And Dahlia tells the officer he wouldn't open the door unless it was someone he knew. So she's further trying to paint this picture that it's someone he knew and someone else killed him. And, you know, it's this whole elaborate thing. And the officer then says, you wouldn't want to kill him, I hope. And she shakes her head, no, and said, we were fine. Like, there was nothing. And she's pretending she knew nothing about this. And the police are pretending Mike was actually dead. But they're still giving her every opportunity to come clean about what she did. And they think, surely... It doesn't matter at this point. Well, no, but, <laughs> you know... they have enough evidence? At this point, I'm convinced that the, that the police were just having fun. Like... <laughs> Was it for cops? Like, they were trying to get more content? Maybe. I mean, they were recording everything. True. But now they think, surely, if we bring in Witty Jean, if we bring in the hitman, she will crack and she'll confess. Although now the officer isn't playing Mr. Nice Guy. And when he comes back into the room with Witty Jean, he tells Dahlia, we're not going to play anymore. We're going to get down to business and get to the truth. And so they usher Woody Jean in and he's in handcuffs and Dahlia is asked if she knows him and she says no. And then they ask Woody Jean if he knows Dahlia and he says no. And they were hoping that this would elicit some response out of Dahlia, but she didn't even flinch. She had ice in the veins. She did not care in the slightest that he was there. And the officer then tells Dahlia that she is going to jail today for solicitation of murder and she was under arrest. And she's like, what? (laughs) And he tells her everything. He says, that's an undercover police officer. We recorded everything you did and said. You're going to jail. Mic drop. Mic drop. (laughs) And, And Dahlia is sitting there and says, I didn't do anything. And she's crying. Girl, you were caught in 4K, babe. (laughs) 4K. Babe, you were caught. But she at this point is still like i didn't do anything i didn't do anything and she's just crying and repeating that over and over but it's like what do you You mean you can't gaslight the police girl (laughs) you you can't you can't it's not gonna work out for you right and he's like so the officer interviewing her is like no you don't get it we have photo and video evidence of you in his convertible in the cvs parking lot talking about murdering your husband you're going to jail surprise motherfucker like (laughs) we have quid pro quo and you gave cash exactly but she's still like i didn't do anything and now she's crying because she's caught and she's in shock and she really didn't expect this she fully was like no one's gonna suspect it's me she had no idea they were onto her Something that was going on at the same time was the Boynton Beach Police Department media director posted the video of the staged crime scene and Dahlia's fake wailing on the internet. They uploaded the video just like they did any other video, but this was different because people were completely shocked by her reaction. And uploading things this quickly is a risky move, especially when a case is ongoing. But this was in Florida. And Florida is one of the most open states when it comes to sharing information with the public during an ongoing investigation. Yeah, they're nuts. That's why there's all the Florida Man articles. <laughs> That's just true. They will, they will post anything. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. 
And because of this, national and international news sources were reaching out to learn more. So this story is growing as it goes on, as it's happening. And Dolly is still denying everything, even with all the proof. And that's when the police pull out the grand finale and they say, oh yeah, well, your husband is alive. And let's quickly listen to that interaction. Oh my God. You're going to jail for solicitation of first degree murder of your husband. I didn't do anything. Did you hear what I just told you? I heard what you said, but I didn't Everything, listen to me. Everything has been recorded. You were photographed in the convertible when you sat his car in the front of CVS. What do you want to do? What do you want to do here? I didn't do anything. Listen to me. I didn't do anything. You're going to jail. I didn't do anything, please. I didn't do anything. Tell me you didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. You're going to jail today. As soon as I'm done, they're going to come in here and handcuff you and take you to the Palm Beach County Jail, book you for solicitation of first-degree murder on your husband. Your husband is well and alive. Thank God. Oh, yeah, thank God. Can I see no, he doesn't want to see you. Of course I want to see him. He doesn't want to see you. Please. You better quit your plan. Oh Listen to me. Oh my God. I want you to quit your acting and get this over with. I'm not. Yes, you are. Okay. You know what? You need a real good attorney. You need a real good attorney because we're going to show him the film where you say you're 5,000% sure you want him dead. You think I made that up? Oops. He goes, you're She still did he she still didn't give it up. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. She like, never gives you, up. Like how, he doesn't pull that quote out of nowhere. Like that should have been the end of it. Right. Yeah, no, she will never give it up that it's fake, that she didn't I do just, anything. I don't I don't get these people. Like these types of people who just like hang on to the lie no matter what evidence is presented to them. Right. Well, my favorite bit of that is when he goes, "Well, your husband is well and alive." And immediately after, she goes, thank God. And he's like, thank God. What? <laughs> what do you mean? Th like, what are you Who talking are about? You? Exactly. But you can hear in her voice that she's like, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Like, no. shut up. They then put her in, in handcuffs and they brought Mike in. And all she can say through her tears is, Mike, come here, please. Come here. Come here. And he's just standing in the hallway, just kind of staring at her. And all he really says is, like, I can't help you. <laughs> like, do you, do you know that meme where, <laughs> do you know that meme? I can't help you. Do you know that meme where it's, like, Mom, I froze up? And it's, like, a little kid standing <laughs> in the hallway with, like, in the dark with, like, a light shining on them. That's kind of the vibe that Mike was giving me in that moment. He's, like, Mom, I froze up. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, there's nothing he could do. No, exactly. Like, but I don't know. I don't know if I would want to see her. Well, yeah, exactly. And the TV show Cops is there, again, filming Mike's reaction to Dahlia. So all of this is on tape. As she was taken from the police station to the county jail, she was met outside by a swarm of reporters, and the videos of her were everywhere, and she was still insisting that she didn't do anything. She was then taken into custody and charged with solicitation to commit first-degree murder. And once in custody, she had the straight-up audacity to call Mike and tried to convince him that none of this was true. And he told her that he'd already seen the recordings and the footage of her 
and she's telling him, it's not true. I've seen what you've seen. I've heard what you've heard. And it's not true. And she's almost getting angry with him that he's like believing what he saw. She's like, how could you even believe that? She's she's gaslighting the hell out of him. She's really going for it. And she's then, like, it's a deep fake. He's yeah. like, it's 2009. Right. And then she asks if he can get her an attorney. The entire time she's like whining and crying. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, I'm going to play a portion of that phone call as well. Oh, okay. This will be good. Yeah, what's up? Nothing, Mike. my, my word. word it's not true okay well and she was like demanding he help her so her trial began in april 2011 and she was facing 30 years in prison if she was convicted the prosecution presented their case saying that dahlia was a scheming manipulative woman who used sex to make men do what she wanted and they showed the videos from muhammad's car and from the quote-unquote hitman's car it also came out through the prosecution that Mike was incredibly lucky and had actually survived an attempt on his life before this one. When Muhammad Shihadi was giving a statement to police, he told them that Dahlia had poisoned Mike's Starbucks iced tea with antifreeze before this. That was plan B? The hitman was plan B, pretty much. But police Shit. asked <laughs> police asked Mike if there was ever an incident with iced tea didn't even give him any other information other than was there an incident with iced tea and that's when he realized that he was a lot closer to death than he thought he had taken a sip out of an iced tea that dahlia had given him and it tasted so bad that he immediately spit it out and he didn't drink anymore and he didn't think anything of it at the time but after that one sip he was sick for two weeks whoa wait off after one sip yeah it's poison bruh well i didn't know if you just get it in your mouth he probably like bad. had a little bit that went down his throat but like not enough to kill him but it made him sick for two weeks wow and dahlia's attorney said that she never poisoned mike but dahlia's attorney yeah, okay. said a lot of things whatever <laughs> she, this attorney is about to argue that she did not just try to hire a hit person for her husband Mm-hmm. we're gonna get into that interesting defense explanation in a minute but first we're going to talk about the prosecution. So Elizabeth Parker, who was the prosecutor on the case, said that she had never had a case that was so strong. She said she wanted to make sure that the jurors didn't believe Dahlia was this little innocent person and fall for her manipulation that she was so good at dishing out. She wanted to portray her as, you know, the evil person that she actually was. 
And the evidence was overwhelming, but, you know, Mike had a shady past as well, and she knew that the defense would make him out to be a con man, so she was kind of juggling with that. But what was good about this case was the jury actually got to hear from the victim, which, you know, usually doesn't happen in cases like this. Usually, the victim's murdered. So, you know, this time, the prosecution got to use Mike in their argument, and Thankfully for them, Mike was a very likable character. He completely owned up to his past and he, you know, told it how it was. And, you know, he said Dahlia seemed happy to be in their marriage. And under cross-examination, when Dahlia's attorney kept bringing up his probation, you know, to kind of paint him in a negative light, Mike bit back and made a joke that made the court laugh. He was like, dude, are you a parrot? Uh, and the, the, the uh, attorney was like... <laughs> Say it in his voice. Dude, are you a parrot? Yeah, pretty much. And the attorney was like, what do you mean am I a parrot? And then Mike was like, are you on probation? Did you do that on probation? How was probation? You know what I'm talking about. I'm just having fun with it. <laughs> and her attorney was like, is this fun, Mr. DiPolito? And Mike was like, no, this sucks. Um, we're not here because of me. <laughs> just telling it like it is exactly the prosecution then introduced mike stanley who was dahlia's ex-partner before mike dipolito she has a thing for mike's apparently and they read a bunch of their text messages on the stand that talked about how dahlia was planting drugs in mike dipolito's car and how once mike was out of the picture they could use his money to run away together and also read all of their x-rated messages as well just to kind of rub salt in the wound a little bit more everything just came down to greed but once the prosecution rested it was the defense's turn dahlia's attorney said yes she said all of those things in those tapes but she was acting she knew Mm -hmm. she was being videotaped It was all for reality TV show. Mm -hmm. They wanted to post it on YouTube to try to get acting parts. And not only that, but Mike DiPolito was in on it and it started as his idea. It was all a stunt because Mike and Dahlia wanted to be famous and wanted to catch the attention of someone in reality TV. And his argument for why this fits was it's because Mike is obsessed with his appearance. So, of course, he wants to be an actor. Right, so like, he goes to the gym, so he's really willing to stage this. Right. This tracks. wouldn't you think that the first thing out of your mouth, if you were getting arrested, was, hey, this is all fake. This is all for a reality TV show. Like, don't you think that would be the first thing you said? Yeah. And also, Mike was like, yeah, that's not true. And in this court case, Dahlia did not end up testifying. So... The jury took yeah, that would not have been good for her. <laughs> so the jury took three hours to get to a decision and they found her guilty and she was sentenced to 20 years in prison. And Dahlia said she never thought that being found guilty would be possible. And in the 2020 episode, it just immediately mm-hmm. it immediately cut to a few jurors that commented on that statement and they were like, wow, that's strange because we all got together and immediately said she was guilty. <laughs> so... <laughs> That was just funny to me. Yeah, I mean, this woman's delusional. To say the least. But Mike's comment on her sentencing was, quote, I'm sad. I wish we were never here. But as far as her sentence, I'm 5,000% happy with it. (laughs) There you go, Mike. Exactly. Yes. Dahlia's lawyers... Love a callback. (laughs) Yeah. 
Dahlia's lawyers argued there was a problem with the jury selection, and three years later in 2014, a court agreed, so Dahlia got a new trial. And she wasn't even in jail anymore. She was now staying with her mother on house arrest. And this time around, she hired two high-profile lawyers that she saw on TV, Mark Eiglarsh and Brian Claypool. They fell back on this reality TV defense, and this time they said Muhammad was in on it too. They wanted to put together a YouTube video to try to get acting parts, but it got out of control. So here's the argument. She, Mike, and her former lover, Muhammad, were all in on this plan together to get a reality TV show by pretending that she was plotting with Muhammad to hire a hitman to kill Mike. They all had scripts to follow and they were planning on recording their meetings so they could post all of them on social media. And it was Muhammad's idea to go to the police and have Dahlia meet with an undercover cop to make it more believable. And when Dahlia told him she didn't want to involve the police, he pressured her and even said he would kill her and her family if she didn't go through with it. Wow. <laughs> They're laying it okay. on thick. Why is that last detail necessary? Just gotta lay it on thick, I guess. <laughs> really line up a storm. The interviewer for 2020 when talking to Brian Claypool asked how he can explain Dahlia saying she's 5,000% sure, not 100% or 1,000, but 5,000%. And he said, I look at that video and I see someone who's struggling whether she's really sure. And the interviewer was like, <laughs> the interviewer was like, boy, what the hell are you talking about? And then he goes, you might find that humorous. But when I say I'm sure, I say 110%. So she was overcompensating. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, there's nothing for the defense to work with here, but this is... The other thing I'm wondering about, because if you lie under oath, that's perjury. But, like, these people can just, like, outright lie that uh, Muhammad was involved and then threatened her life and, like, nothing happens. I guess. Like, that's provably false. Yeah, Muhammad also denied working with them, and Mike said he had never even met Muhammad. So that was just fully a lie. And in February of 2016, Dahlia had her pre-trial hearing to try and get the case dismissed altogether, and she takes the stand for the very first time to tell, quote-unquote, her side of the story, meaning this mm -hmm. whole acting charade. But under cross-examination, it was completely torn apart. They were like, where was the script? Where was the notes? How come in the video in Muhammad's car you can't even see her face if it was really for reality TV? And she just, like, did not have the answers for that. So they were like, yeah, you're not convincing. We're going to trial. So that led to nine months later, her second trial. And the prosecution this time didn't even call Mike in to testify. They just stuck to the tapes. They're like, we're going to give you the bare minimum because they speak for themselves. themselves. Right. But Dahlia's lawyers now abandoned this reality TV defense and focused in on the misconduct of the Boynton Beach Police Department. They were trying to flip the script and blame the police because they had brought in the TV show Cops, and they said it created a frenzy within the community and the police department, and it was a waste of taxpayer money to create a fake crime scene, and they made it more than it ever was. Then, the defense, during their dramatic closing argument, drops a bomb saying, let her go back home to her family and her infant son. And everyone's like, 
wait wait a minute infant son what what so apparently the appliance repairman came to her house while she was on house arrest they fell in love she got pregnant and she had a baby all on house arrest oh my god she just doesn't stop no (laughs) she just doesn't stop yeah wow and the jury was deadlocked Three votes guilty, three votes not guilty. So it was a mistrial. That's insane. And Dahlia walked free. Dahlia walked free. But please, please hold. Immediately after... Sorry, continue. (laughs) Immediately after her second trial, the state attorney, Dave Ehrenberg, said, we are taking her to trial again. We are not going to let her go free, not for a second. Because they're like, what the fuck is this? Like... Who is this jury? Well, I think it was a mixture of this new defense of like the PD was not good. And then they, the prosecution was really bare bones and like they didn't even bring in Mike DiPolito and they didn't even show all of the tapes and all the things. So they were like, oh, it speaks for themselves and we don't even really have to like try this time. But they weren't prepared for the, the whole misconduct argument by the defense. Okay. So it led to a mistrial, but they were like, absolutely not. We are not going to let her walk free. Third trial. So June of 2017, her third trial begins and the prosecution amped it up once again and brought back Mike DiPolito. And after the third trial, she was finally found guilty in 90 minutes. Okay. So we've come to our senses. (laughs) Yes. So she was sentenced to 16 years behind bars and her current release date is going to be in 2032. If she serves the entirety of her sentence, she will be 42 years old when she gets out of prison. You know what? She's going to happen and she's probably going to try and seduce one of the guards. (laughs) Maybe. You know what I mean? Very orange is the new black. But she, along with her attorneys, are apparently still determined to get her a new trial. And she hasn't stopped so far. So hopefully it won't happen. But, you know. Wait, so she's appealing? She's trying to. Okay. She actually even tried to get her her case all the way up to the Supreme Court. But they were like um fuck off like no yeah it's a complete waste of their time yeah and after elizabeth parker left the prosecutor's office she actually became mike dublito's attorney and she got him off of probation and he paid off his restitution to the victims and after that mike found love again with another woman named gloria they met at a restaurant and quickly fell in love which seems to be mike's style And they got engaged and then married, and he's very happy with his new wife. And that is the story of Mike and Dahlia DiPolito. Wow. That was a whole thing. That was a whole thing. It was. Her level of delusion is astonishing. You know, like she, to this day, right? Yes. Is still not admitted. Yes. And in this... She wanted to go to the Supreme Court, and they almost... They like a mistrial, like a basically what a tie. That's basically a tie, right? Yeah, that's a huge win for them. There, yeah, wow. I don't even know how you get a mistrial after all the tapes. I mean, I know that they brought cops into it, which was probably not a good move, but the facts remain. I mean, it was a good move, though, because then the prosecution used the tapes in their argument. Like, they they used her reaction to finding out he was, quote-unquote, killed and, you know, all this stuff. So even though the defense was like, oh, they brought in cops and that's a waste of taxpayer money and all this stuff, they were grasping at straws. And yes, it worked for the second trial because the prosecution was really 
pretty bare bones and they they were like oh we don't need to like bring back in mike and all this stuff because it speaks for itself but i think having cops there was a good call maybe but like yeah then you get everything on tape but like what does like wasting taxpayer money have to do anything to do with this trial well, I think it was just like the defense attorneys trying to distract from the actual case. They were like, oh, the police yeah. were the problem here. They were, you know, harassing Dahlia and they were wasting taxpayer money and they're the real bad guys. It's not Dahlia. They blew it out of proportion. They made it this whole big thing and it wasn't actually that. And it was just this reality TV show thing. So they were just really hamming it up and it, it worked. And then they were like, and then you'll separate her from her infant son. <laughs> like, like that she had with another man. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, that <laughs> was a delivery guy. Yeah, it didn't matter about that. But it was just like nobody like none of the news sources knew she had an infant son. Nobody Wait. knew about this infant son. So everyone was how, like, oh. how long? How long was she like in talks with the attorneys? Like, did the attorneys tell her to get pregnant so that they would have this line at their trial? I mean, shit, like maybe. <laughs> That would be deep. Conspiracy would be deep. It runs deep with this one. Yeah. But anyway, my sources for this episode was the 2020 episode called Down Payment on Death, as well as an episode of the podcast Court Junkie. So both of those were very informative and fun to listen to. That is that on that. Do you have a good thing Word. this week? Do I have a good thing? You go first. I'm pressured. My good thing is that I am going to get to hang out with my sisters and my family for the holidays. You know, self-explanatory there. What's yours? Uh, I'm going to copy you blatantly. And my good thing is also that I'm home for the holidays. Um, get to see everyone. Uh, this is, yeah, this is my first Christmas here in two years. Or, you know, because the whole, that whole thing, you guys know. You know, the whole What's COVID been going thing. on yeah. for the past couple of years, that, uh, the thing. So, yeah, I'm happy to be back. That's good. Yeah, I, I was also going to say it's good that we both got our boosters. Everyone go out and get your booster vaccines and okay, stay safe because things are getting sure. crazy again. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to look at all the pictures we post of all the stories we talk about, check us out on Instagram at nottoday underscore podcast. If you or anyone you know has a story of survival that you'd like to share with us and possibly hear on an upcoming listeners episode, send it to notodaypodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter that is notodaypodcast, but the T on the end of podcast is a three. Because that makes sense. Because that makes sense. And we have a TikTok that is notodaypodcast and just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>